Hey, this is Pastor Brian. I want to welcome you to the Reach Church Podcast. We hope this message helps you wherever you are in life and brings you closer to Jesus. We hope you enjoy the message. Man, such a great opener uh, to the day. Uh, and I pray that you, that you never uh, take these moments lightly or for granted. Because a lot of times in Americanized Christianity, uh, we can be kind of flippant with our approach to the presence of God. And, and there's two people that walked in today. Uh, there's those that walk in as spectators. They're like, what's in it, what, what's in it for me? Boy, that, that Pastor Alicia is really passionate. She's super over the top with worship. No, no, no. No, this isn't a karaoke experience. We're not just singing songs to sing them because lyrics are on a screen, right? So you can come in as a spectator and have a what's in it for me sort of perspective, and you can walk out exactly the way you came in. I don't want to be that guy. Look at the person next to you and say, I don't want to be that guy. Come on. Speaking of my stunt double, he's right here in the third, second row. <laughs> Literally, I want to be you when I grow up. You're the only one that looks like me over there. He's like, you talking about me? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> or you can come in uh, with an expectation. So you can be a spectator or you can walk in with expectation. See, expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. So we walked in. We've got coffee. Come on, somebody. Uh, we've got friendly faces. If they smile real big, come on, like. A Pastor Joel Osteen book cover. Come on. <laughs> Show your teeth for a minute if you have them. Come on. And we woke up again today. We're breathing, which is proof that God is not done with us yet. And the promises of God, they will not break when you lean on them. And the promises of God, they don't have expiration dates on them. So 2019, 2020, come on. <laughs> 2021, as we go into 2022, I believe that we're going to end this year stronger and God has incredible things planned for your family, for you as an individual, and this incredible church. If you believe it, will you give God praise one more time? So if we haven't had the privilege of meeting just yet, uh, Daniel Groves, uh, my beautiful wife Jackie, she actually led the women's night. What was it called? What, what was the ladies' night called last night? Sisterhood. I wasn't invited. Uh, and I uh, heard it was amazing. Uh, my wife's an incredible communicator and anointed and stunning uh, we've been married 17 years. We have four incredible kids. Uh, I'm going to have my daughter Finley stand up real quick. My beautiful daughter Finley. Wave at the people. Say hello to everyone. You'll be singing her songs one day. She's a phenomenal worship leader already. Uh, but we, we came by way of Houston, Texas, where we have two seasons. It's warm and then like the hand of God feels like it lifted off of us. And it's extremely hot. Like you're putting deodorant here and here. It's just hot all the time. So y'all get all four seasons. We've enjoyed. Y'all, I broke out my corduroy jacket. And I know some of you are like, do they make that in men's? This is a men's jacket. Amen. So we're excited. We drove 10 hours from Houston, Texas, not to play church, but we believe that God has a word for the house this weekend. Uh, we come by way of an amazing church called Hope City in Houston, Texas. And we don't really uh, focus on the weekend statistics of attendance and all that, but the stats that we really care about We've seen over 41,000 people in seven years give their lives to Jesus. Somebody should clap. That was your cue right there to clap. Uh, we've given away over $8 million to local and global missions. And we are, we are massive supporters of the Big C Church. The reason we came all the way to Arkansas this weekend is to hang out with you because we believe that the heartbeat of heaven is the house of the Lord. So if you're church shopping, church hopping, wondering if this works for you, you don't have to look any further. Welcome home. Uh, this is a place where you can lean into the presence, presence of God and grow. Psalms 92.13 says, The blessed is the man or woman who's planted in the house of the Lord. Deep roots produce healthy fruit. 
Let, let, me, uh, let me give a couple more quick disclaimers before we move on. Uh, I'm big on taking notes. Uh, you don't have to do it. God's not a forcer. He's a filler. Uh, but if you expect him to just force himself on your life, he won't do it. But if you make room, I'm telling you, he'll fill every time. So never stop growing. Never stop being challenged. Play-Doh is only fun when it's shapeable and moldable, right? Play-Doh is boring when it leaves its little home and dries out. So don't be like Play-Doh. Look at the person next to you and say, never stop growing. Come on. Tell them right now. So Harvard did a study that said if you're a hearer only, you'll only retain 5% of what you hear. So the only thing you're going to remember is it was a guy with a great beard and a lady jacket. That's it, 5%. But if you take down notes, your retention rate is going to go up to 35% in real time. And if you take down notes and go back and apply them, your retention rate goes up to 90 to 95%. It's a big deal. I never want to stop growing. One of my fathers in the faith, I remember the opportunity I had to preach, and he's sitting on the front row, and he was taking down notes the entire time, and I'm sitting there like, this guy's been in ministry longer than I've been alive. Like, what could I be saying that he could even be writing? Like, I literally thought he was like, bread, two dozen eggs. Like, I was like, there's no way what I'm saying is... But he was taking down notes, and afterwards I said, Dr. Barkley, you were taking down notes the entire time. He said, right. And I said, sir, you've read through the Bible like twice a year from Genesis to Revelation for like the last 50 years. And he said, the most amazing thing about the Holy Spirit is that he will speak to you. You can read the same verse over and over and over, and God will meet you where you're at. Like, she may need a little bit of encouragement. He'll meet you where you're at. She may need a little bit of peace. He'll meet you where you're at. There's this blanket statement, blanket statement, unconditional love, yes, but he's also as close to you as a daddy to a daughter, a father to a son. So I want to encourage you, take down notes, because I'm fully convinced, and I'm hyped up, I'm passionate, I've had quite a bit of coffee this morning, come on somebody, and uh, we're excited for what God is doing this weekend. And I'll be honest, if you are sitting quiet and docile and complacent after this worship moment, then we may need to check your pulse because God showed, are y'all with me? Come on, because this was an amazing time already. Give it up for Reach Worship for leading so strong. Incredible. So I'm, I'm fully convinced more than ever, and I was reminded of a story. I didn't actually say this in the last service, so this is a bonus. Uh, I, was, I was reminded of a story. It was my little girl, Finley's in the room, and there's a story of a, of a mom and dad who went to an amazing church like Reach, and in the kids' ministry, which, by the way, if you have kids in the kids' ministry, it's not just sing-along veggie tale time. Like, they're actually learning the word. They're actually growing along with you. And, and so there was this life-giving church where the, uh, they were teaching on Jonah and the whale, and they were fired up. I mean, the kids were excited. So the mom's talking to the daughter, like, what did you learn? She said, we learned about Jonah and the whale. She said, come on. In the main room, we talked about obedience. And she said, yeah, that's what we were talking about is obedience. So she goes to school the next day, Monday. The teacher's like, hey, guess what? Today, it's public school. She said, we're talking about whales. She's like, what? Two days in a row? Like, I'm God's favorite. Like, Joan and the whale, and we're talking about whales again. Like, I know about whales now. And so the teacher starts talking, and this little girl is fully convinced. Somebody say fully convinced. Come on, look at the person next to you and say, I'm fully convinced. So she's like, I, I, she's really convinced. And so the teacher was like, hey, so this is one of the most amazing things about whales is when a whale's a whale swallowed, you know, a whale's esophagus is so small, it would actually have a tough time swallowing a human being. Did you know that? As big as they are. She's like, what? So it's time for Q&A. She lifted up her hand and she's like, uh, excuse me, so what about Jonah and the whale? And the teacher's like, Jonah and the whale. And she's like, Jonah and the whale. And she's like, Jonah, she reminded me of Jaylee. She's like, <laughs> Jonah and the whale. 
And the teacher's like, Jonah, like we can do this all day. She was like, what are you talking about? She's like, you know Jonah, God said go to Nineveh. And he's like, I'm not going to Nineveh. And he went the opposite way. He was disobedient. So God sent the big fish or the whale to swallow him up. And he played in the belly of the whale for three days on his iPhone. Jonah and the whale? That's where her theology was a little off. And the teacher was like, honey, I don't know what you're talking about. Where did you hear this story? And she said, the Bible. And the teacher said, well, you can't believe fictitious books. Next question. Well, now she's fired up because she's fully convinced. Say fully convinced. So the teacher is asking, you know, anybody else questions? Kids are asking ridiculous questions. Like, do whales wear pants? I mean, just ridiculous. So she had her hand lifted again, this little girl. And she's like, you've already asked a question. She said, ma'am, this is not a question. It's a comment. She said, okay, what is it? She said, one day... When I get to heaven, I'm going to walk right up to Jonah, shake his hand, and say, what was it like to be in the belly of the whale? <laughs> like, whoo, drop the mic. And the teacher goes, okay, well, if you're going to get sassy like your mom, uh, what if Jonah didn't go to heaven? What if Jonah went to the other place? What if Jonah went to hell? Then what are you going to do? The little girl goes, well, then you'll have to ask him. All right. <laughs> Come on, reach church. Today, I want to go in the direction of a topic and a subject that I believe is going to unlock some freedom in our lives this weekend. I believe that there are some people that walked in today, and you're going to trade some broken pieces for the peace of the living God. Let's pray, and we're going to jump in. God, I thank you again for your presence, your goodness, your mercy, grace. God, we need you more than ever. We want to walk out better than when we came in. As your word is released in this room we know it doesn't return, it does not return to you void. So God, let it sink into the very depths of our heart and let us walk out better, set free, healed, changed, and delivered. Because the reality is you've been better than good to us. We've survived 100% of our worst days and everything that's been happening around us and all the uncertainty that feels like noise and chaos, the thing that is certain is you, Jesus, in your word. We trust you today in Jesus' name. Come, Somebody say Amen. amen. One of my favorite verses in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, if you're barely saved, Philippians chapter 4, uh, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. That's huge. We could dismiss right there. Because when you reroute your worry into worship, it actually turns your battle into a breakthrough. And so many times we treat the presence of God like a painkiller presence, like an ibuprofen to a headache. So Jesus is literally, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let your petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know all your concerns. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for your good will come in. This is huge. This is going to bless somebody today. We'll come and settle you down. How many of y'all need to settle down a little bit? Come on. Come on. Let's be transparent in here. Then let me just another disclaimer. These right here hanging, these are speakers. I'm a preacher, so I need some crowd participation. Like back home, they yell out, like, good, that's a nice beard. Is that beard real? You can yell that. That's good, white boy. That's fine, too. Is, yeah. So I need some crowd participation. Come on. We need, so everybody say, settle down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. So this weekend, we're going to talk about peace. All of us have experienced short-lived, flickering, fleeting moments of peace. All of us. In our humanity, we have the ability to create moments of peace. Uh, we talk to our team all the time. You can be a thermostat or you can be a thermometer. A thermostat adjusts the temperature. A thermometer just knows what the temperature is, right? So as a dad, as a husband, as a leader, I know that I'm an atmosphere changer. 
So when I pull into my driveway in my pickup truck, I'll sit there, and sometimes I'll flip down the mirror, and I'll just smile at myself. Because like, <laughs> 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 Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's not your joy. It's the joy from God to you and through you. But it is important to know that you have a choice. Isaiah 61.3 says it this way, replace the heaviness. Replace the burden with the garment of praise. So I'll sit in my driveway and I'll smile real big and I'll get my joy so that when I walk in and all four of my kids run out, like, Dad, Dad, because I could walk in like, it's Monday. Why are you letting them talk to me? It's been a horrible week already. Like, no, no, I've recognized the importance of, of not just walking in this spirit of rest, recognizing that a lot of times we live our lives in these roller coaster peaceful moments. Paid off a little bit of debt, whew, a little bit of peace, right? Dave Ramsey. That's not your Libra. Dave Ramsey. You paid off a little bit of debt, feel pretty good. Go on vacation, first three days is absolute madness when you have kids. By day four, you're like, I feel like I can catch my breath. And then at the end of day four, you're already heading home. You're like, what happened? You got a little bit of peace. You got a new car. Your, your car previously smelled like a dead body. You don't know why. You get a little bit of peace. It smells like a new car. How many of you guys have experienced those moments of peace where, like, those roller coaster moments? Uh, like, your, your car's running one day, I got peace. It breaks down, I have no peace. Uh, I, I got paid, it's payday. And then at the end of the week, you're like, where did all my money go? My money's funny, no more peace. Like, we struggle with these moments because here's the reality this is like a figure eight cycle the enemy loves to keep us in. Where we're doing this all the time. Full of peace, absolute broken. Full of peace, I don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. Full of peace, and that's not the type of peace we're talking about. We're gonna talk about a different kind of peace, a peace that Jesus gave us. It's a peace called sustained peace. God never intended for us to live a life of flickering, fleeting moments of peace. God intended for us to live a life of sustained peace. These short lived moments in humanity that we can create those moments of peace will get you through some seasons. This sustained peace we're about to talk about will get you through every season. There's another story. I'm a storyteller. I love these moments because uh, God speaks to me through, like, life experiences and stories. Uh, that dad came home, three kids uh, at home with, with mom, and uh, as soon as he opened the door, he could tell it was mass chaos. He was like, have we been robbed? Like, what happened in here? And she's looking at him like, you can be my, you can be my, my partner in this, and we're going to parent together. You can be the fourth kid. And then I'm going to have to whip all of you. Like, this is the way this is going to go down. And so he's like, hey, babe, I got you. I'll tell you what. Just give me a second. He, she's like, where are you going? He's like, give me a second. He goes in the bathroom, turns on, bubble bath, gets it all set up, comes out, says, hey, babe, you have a night off. She's like, what are you talking about? He's like, you have a, you have a night off. The whole night. Just a night of peace. And she's like, are you serious? And he said, absolutely. She goes, what are you going to make for dinner? He's like, pizza. She's like, please take the plastic off. You almost killed everybody. I almost called poison control last time you did this. He's like, I got it. I went through it, and I grew through it. I'm good. Like, get down the hallway. We're fine. I got you. So he takes everything, puts it in the oven, lines the kids up. Okay, this is what we're going to do. Disposable cups, disposable plates. It's too high maintenance. We'll throw everything away. And uh, we're going to eat. Y'all are going to go upstairs. We're going to brush teeth. We're going to go to bed. Everybody in agreement? They're like, aye, aye, captain. He's like, we're good. Gets it all set up. He's ready to go. And then dad loses himself for about 25 minutes in the sports center. Come on, dads. And he's focused on this, and he's like, oh, come on. Oh, my team is losing. And he looks over. He had already put the pizza out, everything. He looks over. Y'all, the pizza's gone. The plates are all cleaned up. Cups thrown away. Kids have put themselves to bed. He's like, why on earth is she so stressed? It's unreal. I heard a guy over here say, come on. You're just sleeping on the couch. I promise. I'm not even going to look. 
in the direction over here. He said, come on, you're right. She over-dramatizes things. Just wait, the story is getting good. This is, it's like a Hallmark movie about to turn lifetime. Just, just get ready. <laughs> so, so dad's like, this is not that stressful. Why is she so overwhelmed all the time? He hears his wife yell from the bathroom, and he's like, she wants to thank me for setting this whole night of peace and tranquility up for her. He walks down the hallway. As soon as he opens the bathroom door, all three kids in their clothes are sitting in the bubble bath eating the pizza while mom's standing in the corner like this, and he's like, I didn't know you wanted all of us in here. Come on, dads. We can do better than that, right? So she said it was a short-lived, flickering moment of peace. But She said, for a moment, I could catch my breath. How many guys live in that place where for a moment you're just catching your breath? Come on, wave at me. Because then you read the news, you hear the news, you get on social media when everything feels like it's chaotic around us. So we're going to talk about sustained peace. So when Matt was over here playing earlier, this amazing Nord Stage 3, for those of you who aren't musical, you just hear all of this and you're like, this is amazing. So I started in music originally, uh, played a lot of these instruments, started, did vocals for a long time, led worship for years. Uh, side note, Pastor Alicia and I go way back, like eight, nine years old. And uh, she walked in authority then as well. <laughs> Bossed me around back then as well. <laughs> and we go like way back. Um, so we did music at the same church uh, for a long time. And so uh, I, I absolutely love worship. I believe when we worship the Lord, we're simply giving, his breath, giving, giving him his breath back because everything comes from him anyways. Amen. So when we're listening to this, all you hear is Matt playing incredible piano sounds. But the truth is if Matt just plays a single note without all the filters and, and all the effects on there. And he just plays a, a note, and, and he plays what we call a staccato note. It just does this, boom. It's not very moving. Like, boom, come on, reach church, let's worship God. <laughs> boom. It's a short-lived, staccato note literally means short-lived, fleeting, flickering note. It, it, there's an echo or reverberation in the room, yes, but it's, it's just that. It's just boom, short-lived. But there's a pedal over here called a sustain pedal. And when Matt puts his foot, man, this, this keeps coming out. It's bothered me. Some of you have already noticed it. Amen. <laughs> so he puts his foot on that pedal. It's called a sustain pedal. The moment he does that, that same note that went boom, as soon as he puts his foot on that pedal and hits that same note, it goes boom. It carries out. It shifts a moment. It shifts a room. As soon as he hits that note in the sustain pedal, he puts his foot on that sustain pedal, it it moves the room, and we can sing songs like, what a beautiful name it is, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, boom. (laughs) And so many times we're riding this roller coaster. What a powerful name it is, the name of boom. Something else comes, and it's a sucker punch because the enemy knows. Listen, the enemy knows, and he is patient. And we were talking earlier about the waiting season. My wife and I were determined in the waiting season of all 2020, even into 2021, that we were not going to allow the waiting season to be a wasted season. We wanted God to equip us with everything we need when we need it. But the truth is, it's a choice. I said it earlier, God is not a forcer. He will not force himself on your life, but he is a filler. So every time you make room, he'll fill. The song we were singing, those that wait on the Lord. Man, that's frustrating because that means we have to be patient, right? 
Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 in the Amplified says, those that wait, look for, expect, and hope in him will gain brand new strength. How many of y'all need some new strength? Wave at me today. Brand new strength. Nine of you. Praise God. We're going to do an altar call for liars at the end. How many of y'all need some new strength? Come on, crowd participation. New strength. And then it goes on, it says, in renewed power. The word renew literally means reset, restart, to begin again. This isn't refurbished. This isn't recycled. You don't need the strength from yesterday. You don't need to borrow it from tomorrow. He's equipping you with everything you need today. That does not look like short, flickering, fleeting moments of boom, peace. So today we're going to be talking about sustained peace. This is a gift from the Lord. John chapter 14, verse 27 says it this way. Jesus' words, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. This is a gift. I do not give to you as the world gives. That's that short-lived, flickering moments of peace. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Number one, if you're taking down notes, which again, I encourage you to, to live in peace is to walk in faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You want to unlock sustained peace in your life, you have to learn to walk in faith faith. I have just, I've gotten to this convinced place in my life that I'm going to trust God even when I can't track him. Because I've read the end of the book, y'all, we win. I've read the end of the book, and even in the middle of the squeezing, even in the middle of the waiting season, I'm going to trust you because you've been better than good to me. When I never should have made it, when I was born into that drug dealer, drug addict, alcoholic's home, when I was born into that situation where the doctor told my mom, you might want to give up this baby or abort this baby, I never had a chance from the beginning. So don't judge my passion until you know my past. So when I live by faith, y'all, I walk this sustained peace walk out because I trust that where he's taking me is far better than where I have been. This is what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. So your pastors are amazing. They put us up in a phenomenal, uh, like, Airbnb house. And I travel all the time. It was amazing having Jackie and the kids with me on this trip. But I travel. I have flown 161 flights this year with Delta. So I fly all the time. I preach everywhere all the time. And so sometimes in the middle of the night, I'll wake up and, and, and jump up to go to the bathroom. And I'll walk. Like, I've walked literally into the closet before. Like, where am I at? Because I'm not at home, right? And so I've learned that uh, this uh, iPhone here... And if you have a droid, I don't know what to help you with. I don't know how to, I don't know what to tell you. But I can turn on my flashlight here. I know, I'm sure the droids have that as well. Uh, probably. Um, but I, I'll take my phone. And so I know now to grab my phone and do this to put a light on my path because I don't fully know that hotel room. And I, it happened to me a couple nights ago here. I jumped up and thought I was at home, stubbed my toe. And it's always that little pinky toe. We don't know what it's good for. Just kind of hanging out there. Some of you have got like really, some of you ladies paint it and you put little bedazzle beads on it and it's just sticking out there. <laughs> Knocking little kids down when you walk by and stuff. We don't know what it's good for. We don't know. But, but, but I'm, I'm trying to put the light on my path, right? So it says this, for we walk by faith, not by sight. If you're constantly walking by sight, you will be depleted every day of your life from peace. You will be leaking peace every day because the truth is this world is very uncertain and there is a whole lot of noise trying to rob us of our peace. The importance of walking in faith, though, is understanding that faith is a journey. And in order to really walk in faith, we also have to recognize that faith and trust run parallel. 
Pastor Brian said it earlier in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, that we have to trust the Lord with a little bit of our heart. That's what it says. Do we have that verse? Trust the Lord with some of your heart. I think we're going to throw it up. Trust the Lord every once in a while with your heart. No, it says trust the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Have you guys ever had access to something that you didn't access? Like you find out in the aftermath, like I had access to that the whole time. So we went out, uh, went to Myrtle Beach and we were staying at this resort and uh, we were going to just take a few days off. And they uh, upgraded us because we had stayed there before. And they said, Mr. Groves, we're going to put you guys on the, in the concierge floor. And I said, my God, like, can I wear like a, a robe all the time and not talk to normal people? Like, what are, what are we doing right now? And so a uh, concierge floor, I'll be honest, I didn't really notice really any other perks other than it was just a fancier floor with a better view, right? So every day we fought the crowd. There was an uh, elevator that was a little janky. And, and there was like 2,000 people at the resort, and the one elevator worked, the other elevator did not. So we would get on with all the kids, and Jackie would have them all slathered up with sunscreen. We'd try to go down for breakfast, overpriced $9 cups of coffee like Maxwell's house, which is super disappointing. Uh, and so, boom, door would open. We'd be like, okay. Every floor, boom, more people would get in. Like, you're super close. Like, someone's, like, standing here, and you're like, you're so close. Like, oh, I can smell your breath. Like, you're right here. Why are we touching? Are we playing a- a- apples to apples? Because our Adam's apples are touching. We're so tight in here. Boom. More people would get on. I'm like, this, we're way over fire code. This is brutal. So at the end of the week, we're checking out. And the front desk lady goes, Mr. Gross, how did you enjoy the concierge lounge? I said, what was that? And she said, how did you enjoy the concierge lounge? I said, concierge lounge. She said, yeah, right outside your room. About four doors down. You had access to breakfast every day? I said, what? She said, baguettes and croissants. I said, did you just say croissants? She said, besides the breathtaking views, you also had lattes and cappuccinos. I'm like, what are we talking about right now? We had access to something we never accessed. And I want you to hear this. Some of you feel disqualified. Some of you feel like damaged goods. Some of you feel fragile. Some of you think that because of past choices and where you're at currently, you don't have access to this type of sustained peace. And I'm telling you, this type of sustained peace is is completely unlocked through faith. God's not looking for perfect. He never has been. He's looking for progress, and he's looking for your heart. And so as we lean into his presence today, I want you to know that as we lean on his promises and we build our lives upon faith, we build our lives upon firm faith. This is what the Bible says in Isaiah 26, verse 3. The Lord himself gives perfect peace, that's that sustained peace, to those whose faith is firm. See, for me, that takes the pressure off. It it takes all the pressure off of my shoulders that I can't fix, restore, deliver, even level up. Only God can do this. So when I walk in faith and not on my own abilities and my own strengths, I truly can have access and unlock this type of sustained peace. So number one, to live in peace is to Walk in faith. Number two, if you've taken down notes, to live in peace is to, this is huge, to pursue connection. Y- y'all have reach groups. How many of you guys are a part of a reach group here? Uh, we love our connect groups back home at Hope City because we're a large enough church like reach that can reach into the community and do some serious damage to the kingdom of darkness. But your reach groups make this church small enough to know each other. And I believe that this is something that is absolutely essential to you guys moving forward as an incredible, powerful 
signs, wonders, and miracle-filled church, y'all have to do life together. There's this saying that says, if you want to go somewhere fast, then by all means, go alone. But if you want to go somewhere far, go together. And I believe that God is wanting to unlock more depth in connection here as you guys go into 2022. Because the truth is, we're better together. Look at the person next to you and say, we're better together. Come on, let them know. We're better together. Mark chapter 2, verse 5, there's this moment where the paraplegic is laying on this mat. And these guys come by, and as theologians, they can't back, and as pastors, we can't back theologically if these guys were buddies with this guy or not, or if they were just walking by and they said, hey, we're moved with compassion, we should help him. We don't know if they were Instagram or Facebook friends, old school MySpace friends, we don't know. They walked by and they said, hey man, did you know that Jesus is right down here doing a reach group, like a Bible study? And they were like, he's like, yeah, yeah, I heard about him. He said, yeah, anytime this guy gets in the way of someone's storm, they get healed. Every time Jesus lays hands on somebody, they get, they get healed. You should go down there. And he's like, hey, I don't know if you can notice, but I can't move. I'm in a really low place. I'm a paraplegic on this mat. They could have said, bro, I'm so sorry to hear that, but we have, we have reservations at the top golf. So we're going to need to go over there. But instead they said, hey, man, everybody grab a corner. And they walk down to where Jesus is doing this. Bible study, and they walk up to the front door. I love their audacious faith. They go to the front door. They can't get in. It's too packed. How many of y'all know this story? They go into the back. Back door, it's too packed. They can't get in. They go to the window. It's too packed. At this point, I think they could have just set him down and said, sorry, and just ran. Like, <laughs> No, instead, they said, hey, 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 let's see if we can get up on top of the roof. And some of you might say roof. Others say roof. And they said, let's see if we can get up. Let's see if we can get up on top. Now, if you know that part of the world when they actually are building out these houses, they stack tile after tile after tile. There'll be seven, eight-inch thick roofs all throughout. And so this was not a quiet affair. This wasn't Jesus is in there teaching. And these guys are boom, boom. Can you imagine? Like everybody's like, act like you don't hear it. Like <laughs> he's speaking. And when Jesus is doing parables, you know they had to lock in because sometimes they were confusing, right? Even some of you were like, I don't know what he was saying salt of the earth, my mother-in-law sassy. I guess that's what he's talking about, being salty. And I said this in the last service, but it was sometimes Jesus' parables were like a riddle, like if a hen and a half lays an egg and a half and an hour and a half, how long does it take a monkey with a wooden leg to kick the seeds out of a dill pickle? I don't know, Jesus. I have no idea what you're talking about. So boom, boom, and they lower him where Jesus is teaching. Watch this. And he said, it's the faith of your, this is huge, the faith of your friends. See, when you're weak and you have a band of brothers and you have a sisterhood and you have a group of people around you that says, hey, I know what you're going through because I've been through it. And if God set me free, healed my family, restored my marriage, then he can restore yours. We're better together. The faith of your friends. And this man was completely and totally made whole from broken to breakthrough in one encounter with Jesus the Bible says in Proverbs 27, 17, that iron sharpens iron as one friend sharpens another. So we're better together. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 12, I love this. It says, two can accomplish more than twice as much as one, for the results can be much better. But if one falls, the other pulls him up. But if a man falls when he's alone, what's it say? He's in trouble. Verse 11, also on a cold night. Two under the same blanket gain warmth for me. Okay, I'm going to pause here because I don't need anybody being like, the guest minister said that I could cuddle with somebody, and that was connection. I'm going to leave that up to you guys during the relationship series. Skip, go to verse 12. And one standing alone, 
can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three is even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. We need each other. You want to unlock sustained peace in your life? Pursue connection. Look at the person next to you and say, you got a friend in me. Come on, do it real quick. Hey, that's pretty good. Y'all surprised yourself. You're like, that just came out of me. That was amazing. All right, number three, to pursue this sustained peace, to live in peace is to look, this is a little bit more obscure, to live in peace is to look from a different angle. Now, we get the walk of faith. You're like, I got it. Trust him even when I can't track him. I got that. Uh, pursue connection, join a reach group, be a part of the local church, get my roots down deep, got it. But look from a different angle. I'm not, I'm not tracking with this one yet. Uh, there was a study done by a secular organization, honestly, proving that Americanized Christianity was dying off. And there's two things that they said in the past 10 years has been in major decline. It's never had a, a ripple of hope. It's never had a glimpse of coming back. It's just been in a steady decline for the past 10 years. They said that the two things that are in decline, number one, is people that say they're Christ followers, because the Bible says in Colossians 3, 17, that everything we do and everything we say, we do it as a representative of Jesus. They say the thing that is in the most decline the past 10 years, number one, is passion. The people are no longer passionate for the things of God. That the average Christian prays 21 minutes a month. 21 minutes a month. That the average Christian reads their Bible 13 minutes a month. 13 minutes, because we've gotten in a real fast culture, 59 seconds of devotional fire, and you're like, man, that's good, that's tweetable, that's, I could copy and paste that, and that makes me look like I'm a really good Christian. 13 minutes a month, and then you wonder when you're squeezed in life why depression and insecurity and fear and concern comes out of you. 13 minutes a month, treating the presence of God like the glass box, I said it earlier, on the wall that says break in case of emergency. We only are in his presence when we're in crisis mode. A lot of people pursued God in 2020 because they thought everything was falling apart. But you know they say a third of people that left the church during that time will never come back. That people have gotten comfortable. That's why we have online campus. That's why we continue to support those that, that are staying at home. But there's also this group of people that said, ah, I think I'm good. I don't need to come back to church. A third of people... They said that passion is declining. I didn't say this in the first service, but I don't think we're streaming this one, so I'm going to be a little bit more transparent. We're on the West Coast, and uh, we, we went out to dinner with this, le this leadership group, and I'll never name names because I don't want to slander them. And uh, I'm sitting around like, y'all, the, the queso's getting cold. Like, you know, queso only has a, a minute <laughs> before, like, they have to go reheat it up. And we're going to eat it, you know, but... Before the yellow number six and the decoupage and all that stuff, like, starts hardening. You're like, can somebody pray? Because I just got done preaching, and I can't even get the chip dipped in this. And so I'm looking around, like, who's going to pray? And they were like, oh, no, go ahead. Pastor Daniel, go ahead. And I said, wait, does anybody want to pray real quick? And they were like, oh, we do something really cool. Uh, we pray a January 1. Now, by the way, this is a terrible idea. I don't want anybody like, this is gold. He just gave me a nugget here. This is, no, no. They said January 1 of every year, we pray for all of our meals for the whole year. And we pray for all of our groceries for the whole year so that we don't have to be, this word right here, I almost, see, so, sometimes people have gotten comfortable around tables that Jesus would have tipped over in, in the culture we're in now. And, and so they're sitting there, and they say, we, we just didn't want to be inconvenienced throughout the year to have to. And I said, has prayer gotten that inconvenienced? 
Are we so inconvenienced that we can't just take a moment and say, God, thank you. Thank you that I'm breathing again today. Thank you for giving me the ability to declare your good news today. Thank you for this food. Thank you for taking sickness far from the midst of us. Thank you, God, for wherever that brother is in the back that I can hear him coughing. God, don't let him cough in the queso. Lord, don't let it be the Rona. Thank you for healing, for strength, for life. We thank you for provision. We thank That's inconvenient to us. 21 minutes a month we pray. That passion is in decline. That should shake somebody. That should make you realize in a sobering sort of posture like, whoa, what have we gotten off track? And then the second one that really breaks my heart, and I know it breaks the heart of God, they say the second thing that's in decline in Americanized Christianity is compassion. That we no longer see anybody. That we just cruise control through life so consumed by us. So it's really easy to get caught in the me, myself, and I trap. So if you want to unlock sustained peace in your life, you have to live and start looking at life from a different angle. But right here is where we're consumed by. Yeah, but I don't have enough. Pastor Brian, I know you guys are talking about buying land and expanding and doing all this stuff, but i got to take care of me. Everything's about filters and polishes and being perfect and hashtag relationship goals and behind the scenes. You're frustrated because you're here, caught in the errs. They seem happier. She seems prettier. He seems funnier. And you're so consumed here in the me, myself, and I comparison trap. This right here is the thief of joy. God never intended for us to live here all the time. Some of you are like, what's he holding? It's a mirror. Take it easy. But we wake up here consumed by our issues, consumed by things we've held on to since we were 12, 13, 14. And God said, hey, you know in my word, in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says to cast all those cares on me, to put them in my hands. But we're here. But God, I'll compartmentalize it, try to fix it on my own. And here is where you just, it robs you of peace. Because I can't see you because all I'm looking at is me. But when we want to unlock this type of sustained peace, we're walking in faith, we're pursuing connection, we're looking at life from a different angle. I start doing this, I can't, I'm not focused on me anymore. I see her. I see him. I see them. I hear Pastor Brian and Pastor Alicia say, hey, guys, we're going to sow into this outreach. And I say, I'm the first one to show up. If I can't be there to serve, I'm going to sow radically into it. Because when I take the attention off me and I allow John chapter 3, verse 30 to come alive in me, he becomes greater and greater, and I become less. And the more I stop looking at me, I can see others. And I'm not judging people based upon the chapter of their life I walked in on, but I see them the way Christ sees them. I see them through the filter of compassion. I realize the healing is in my hands, and just maybe God sent me across their path at that coffee shop or that restaurant or that grocery store to get in the way of their storm. But if I'm so consumed here, I'll never see anybody else's storm. What if you're the answer to somebody's prayer? And what if you're so consumed by what you're walking through, you don't see others and you miss the opportunity on being someone's miracle? Because people will read your life more than they'll read the Bible. So how are we loving? How are we living? Are we reflecting not only what reach church culture looks like, but do you look like Jesus? You want to unlock sustained peace in your life, get the attention off of you. Luke 10, verse 27 says, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's really difficult to love someone else if you haven't first received that love yourself. But out of the overflow of the love you receive. The reason I drove, we drove 10 hours from Houston, Texas is because we love people. Yeah. 
People matter to God, so they matter to us. And found people find people. We've been rescued and we've been found, so I'm looking for others that don't know Jesus. I went to a cool uh, coffee shop yesterday called Airship Coffee, and, uh, and I invited all the baristas. And my little boy's always like, man, you're so bold about it. I said, no, because I may never come here again. I'm going back today before we leave town. It's delicious coffee. And I'm going to say, why aren't y'all there? There's two experiences. You should come next Sunday. Amen. But I'm passionate because I'm compassionate. And I want to see people, and I'm going to stop looking. Listen, God took my hair to keep me humble. He said, I've given you the ability to preach and sing, and I'm going to bless you with a great beard. But I have to humble you somehow, so I'm going to take your, your hair. But I'll be honest, as soon as I turned 40, I, I started really getting comfortable in my own skin. And I stopped being so consumed by my struggles and my insecurities that I started, I started rerouting my, my deficits and my frustrations. And I started putting them on God. And I started seeing people the way he sees them. I truly believe healing is in my hands. Not because I'm something special. There's healing in your hands. Same Holy Spirit speaks through you that he does through us. Just because I've got a license and ordination paperwork and I can marry and bury does not mean I have access to God more than you. You can wake up every day, shake off the struggles, take the mirror and say, I'm not going to be consumed by me anymore. God, I want to walk in peace and I want to see people the way you see them. Will you stand to your feet as we bring this in for landing? God, today I pray that you would equip us with everything we need when we need it. God, today to live in this sustained peace where we're not just on a roller coaster of emotions and a roller coaster of glimpses of peace, but God, I pray for a sustained peace to unlock at Reach Church. God, we're going to start walking by faith even more than ever. We're going to start pursuing connection even more than ever. And God, we want to start looking from a different angle. Forgive us, God, for being so self-consumed. Forgive us, God, for being so motivated by us and our own individual desires or needs that we don't see others. God, I pray today that the power of your spirit would unlock a sustained peace here at this church that sustains us not only through the rest of this year, but through all of 22, 23, 24, and 25. God, we trust you. We lean on your presence because, again, we know they don't break. Your promises don't break, and your presence doesn't break when we lean on them. Lift your hands towards heaven. Would you not like this, but like this? This is open-handed. A surrendered posture. God, remove any distraction, anything, God, that's trying to rob us of or distract us of or muddy the waters of our ability to hear, feel, or see you. God, right now, open-handed, I thank you that you bless them. Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 through 26, that you keep them, that you make your face to shine upon them, that you're gracious to them, that you turn your countenance towards them, and God, that you would unlock a sustained peace that gives us rest. God, any area of our life that has felt hopeless, I don't know who this is for, any area of your life that has felt like it has had no hope, has been under the influence of a lie, and hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. And I pray, God, today for hope in the middle of that marriage struggle, for hope in the middle of that family dynamic, for hope in the middle of that financial crisis, for hope in the middle of that diagnosis, for hope in the middle of that generational struggle, for hope in the middle of that, that depression moment, in, that hope in the middle of that insecurity, hope in the middle of those suicidal thoughts, hope, God, in the middle of those insecure moments, hope in the middle, God, of all those things that feel hopeless. I pray for a sustaining peace. First Peter 5, 6 says that, and when we humble ourselves under your mighty hand, you will lift us up. 
or you'll lift the storm up off of us. Either way, we trust you. You can put your hands down just for a moment looking at, uh, just, uh, just focusing on God, not looking around. Uh, if you're here today and you say, Daniel, here's the truth. I don't have sustained peace because I don't know Jesus. Maybe somebody invited you today. Maybe somebody told you, like, it, like, man, just try church one more time. Maybe you have church hurt in the past. But you're here today and you say, Daniel, I don't know peace because I don't know Jesus. And the truth is the foundation of this peace is found in Jesus. Or maybe you're here and you said, Daniel, I, I, I used to walk with the Lord, so this isn't my first time, but today's the day that I need to rededicate my life because I fell away. I've been living messy and I've been living for me. But today's the day I want to rededicate my life. I want things to be made right with God. I want that sustained peace to happen again in my life. I experienced it before and I ran away. I got caught up in the prodigal life. With every eye closed just for a moment, I'm going to count to three. Here at Reach Church, we're not going to embarrass you. And we're not going to pray a prayer in a moment out of symbolic or routine or out of a ritual. We're going to do it because the Bible says in Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, that when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. We might have drove from Houston, Texas for one person in this service. And you know what? It will be worth it. One, I want to give my life to God. When I hit three, if that's you, I want you to lift up your hand. Two, today's the day that I want to rededicate my life. Two and a half. Something in your heart maybe has been convincing you of the fact that there's more, more to life than the way you've been living. And you said, Daniel, today's the day I want to make everything right. Two and three quarters. Somebody, I, you can feel a stirring of faith inside of you. Three, if that's you, lift up your hand. I want to give my life to Jesus today. I see your hand over here and here. I see your hand back here. Three of our friends already. You can put your hands down. Anybody else join my three friends? Just one more time. Lift it up. If, you, if I haven't already seen it, just wave at me. You're talking about me. I see it over here. Four. Amazing. Anybody else? I see your hand, buddy. Five. Anybody else? I see you over here, man. Six. Thank you. Anybody else join my six friends? You're like, hey, today's my day. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to rededicate my life. We saw four in the first service. Six already lifted their hand this service. This is why we open the doors, turn on heat when we need it, and air conditioning when we need it. Coffee's on. Worship team's rehearsed. Everybody's ready, but this is the reason we do it. Ten more seconds. Anybody else? Join my six friends. We're all going to pray. Daniel, you're talking to me. I want to give my life to God. I surrender my life for the first time today. Five more seconds before we pray. Wave at me if that's you. Three, two, one. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today. I saw your hand. I thank you today for my seven friends that lifted their hands. And I want you to pray this with me. Say, Jesus, it's me. And I've been living for me. And it hasn't worked, but from today on, I choose to live for you. You are my Father, you are my Savior, and you are my Lord. Thank you for forgiving me, restoring me, redeeming me, and unlocking sustained peace in me. From this moment on, I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can somebody give God praise? Reach church.